Hello friends, it is day 23 of the 24 video, 24 a 24 videos in 24 days. And today's movie is The Green Knight. And today I'm with Chris again. Chris, I'm hogging lots of your time. Yeah. Are, are you thinking about this time that you should have just done 23 a 4 a 24 videos in 23 days? No? Well, it would have bothered me if I did 23. <laughs> so. It's sort of like an A24 trope that had it been 23 because they don't sort of do the convention thing very well, you know. They kind of yeah, mess with it a little bit. That might, that might, yeah, that might be okay. Maybe mm. it might work out, but we're too late now. Yeah, I want to yeah, see the witch. Indeed. So if it was like a, if it was a bad movie, then maybe it'd be different. But it's like, yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing it again. So we're mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, me too. So the Green Knight, I was surprised because I've, uh, we we have a friend uh, who recently said that. They didn't. They had to DNF this one because they didn't enjoy it. But you know, I maybe I've been watching lots of slow movies lately. I've been watching lots of like, um, like slow burns. Maybe that's yeah. why I didn't really get. To, but I didn't think that was that slow. There's always something happening. It didn't. There weren't long lingering shots. There weren't uh, like the ghost story. Mm -hmm. Like go. I can see. I can see people. Well, I loved it. I can see people not being happy with it because of the length of the shots and how long they kind of linger. But I didn't, I don't know. I didn't think this was one of them. So I watched it again myself with that comment in my head. And I, like I say, like I said at the time, it's a very common criticism of, of this film. But I, I just think there's so many more aspects of filmmaking that become the prominent so that something is always happening. Like I think the soundtrack of this is so interesting the whole way through. If something's not happening on the screen, even the very opening shot, you know when they pulled back in through the window? There's like a scratching and a and a a build of the sound shot that changes the pick the frame of the shot. There's always something happening in the filmmaking sense uh, going on, so they just kind of go, "Oh, what's what? Where's this leading to? What's happening? All of that kind of stuff." So, um, yeah, yeah. You know, I I now that you make that point, I wonder because on those long shots that seem to seem to, I, I guess you could say the kind of linger even though there's movement on the screen i found myself looking at the shadows mm -hmm. at the framing at the shots at the actors uh you know facial expression so there's all those little things that go into it it's not just a, a long lingering shot just for the sake mm -hmm. of doing it there's things that are happening yeah. there's things you can appreciate about those moments that aren't maybe noticeable if you aren't looking for it if that makes sense yeah and, and i also think this film is as much as it tells a story and tells about tests and challenges and all of that kind of stuff that it does, it's also a complete vibe, a bit like a ghost story as mm. well. It's a complete, it's trying to lull you into kind of living in the world, kind of getting you to get your heart rate to slow, get everything to kind of be in, you know, in the right vibe and mood, regardless of whether you get the lights on, you've got your headphones and all of those things. No, let, let, let's get you to live and exist in this world and the kind of meter and tempo of this world. And then we're going to tell you the story of the green knight and sir Gawain. yeah i uh yeah beautiful beautiful film though right yeah beautiful it's like it's like one of those films you just you want to watch it in the highest resolution possible and in the best lightning and the best tv and with the best sound system and you know they're really soaking in I, I yeah. just think David Laurie's filmmaking, even his short films, like the very first thing he did, all have this tone and quality of, like, this is a guy sitting 
beside the bed telling his kid a story, but it's just shot beautifully. <laughs> it's yeah. just one line. Oh, you know, that's that kind of thing. It's like I can just watch this forever because it is so beautiful to watch. And this this I think of all his films, this takes it obviously to another level. Lots of lots of use of colors, um, shadows, um, very dramatic changes in those things that really because part of why I didn't maybe the the slow burn aspects didn't get to me that much is because of those things because mm. we get like yellows and greens and reds and that kind of because you you could get lulled to sleep on some of the slow burns but all the different changes of scenery all the different shots they were they engage they kind of you re-engage with it it's not the same thing for two hours two hours and ten minutes or whatever it is that's right yeah and it has what is essentially a fantasy story at the heart of it you know the kind of journey where it changes from location to location so you get like a new cat locale mm -hmm. every 20 30 minutes within within the film you're getting you're transported just like you do in a fantasy book or you know mm -hmm. on those questy kind of things uh except we don't really have much of a hero do we no well he wanted to he he, he volunteers to take the green mm -hmm. knights and I wanted someone in that in that in that room to say, "Don't do it." Like, yeah, but he did it. <laughs> he couldn't help himself. He did it, but again, I think this is again one of the subtle things that I think the film is about is the idea of they felt they had to do it because of his position. You know, mm -hmm. the kind of like a, the, the class is the wrong word to say here, but because he was anointed as the cousin or nephew of, of of king arthur himself is that it was his place to do it rather than a, it being a noble deed in his part mm. yeah and he he was in that whole speech by the king probably set him up for that because he told him mm -hmm. you know i haven't really recognized you and sit at our table and you sit next to us now and maybe that all played into it but you had to, you had to imagine like don't do it <laughs> like someone had to have told him just like nick him on the arm or something don't like chop his head off because he's going to keep his promise um, yeah. the the green knight though how the the sounds he makes when he moves that's uh yeah so good yeah, the, the soundtrack and the, and the sound in this film are for me upon watching the second second time the real highlight of the film the thing that is really extraordinary i think there's always something interesting to listen to and that accompanies you know the action that's happening on the screen um mm -hmm. like lots of scratching noises and like i think ghost story was kind of the same that kind of scratchy violin that happened the whole way through it as well to kind of create this uh this atmosphere but yeah devs patel character seguin is somebody that right from probably minute one to about mint 110 in the film constantly lets people and us the viewer down uh, because we want to see the hero's journey at some stage but he continually fails uh because of his own ego pride you know all, all the things that he that he wants for himself and that he thinks he deserves because of his place and his privilege that he thinks he's, he's due for uh and there only is really one person that seems to know who he is or, or want to hold him in account and that's his that's his mum at the yeah. start her hand i mean that that's probably something that that bears discussion in terms of was she responsible for it all was she there the whole way like she's being morgana lafay 
uh, very famous trickster, almost like the Loki of, of our time. Did she just plan and raise the whole thing for him? Did she set him up for this? Because I know the, they're having that, um, when the Green Knight comes in, they're having that, um, I don't know, they're they're putting all the different ingredients and, and they're seems like they're, they're conjuring something and they're they're calling for something. So did she set it all up? Did she set it all into motion for him to be the hero? So it's not entirely laid out like that, but there are hints along the way. Uh, for instance, the Green Knight comes in with a letter, mm. which is a green seal on it. The last time we see Morgan Lafay, she is putting writing a letter with a green seal on it, for instance. So right. essentially, that could be, that suggests that could be her letter. For instance, even when he goes to the house and the woman, the, old, the older woman with the eyes covered up, is again the same imagery that we had of Lafay getting her eyes bound and covered as well. So the, And she, that character doesn't speak. So again, could be there watching him, not watching him. Mm. Uh, you know what I mean? So it is sort of indicated between that and also what Anybody that knows about Arthurian legend sort of knows who Morgana Le Fay was and what what she was responsible for doing and, and the way that she operated. So it seems very within her her psyche that she would kind of seek to intervene here because this young boy, Sir Gawain, was probably going to inherit the, the kingdom mm -hmm. and um, not going to do a good job of it. And actually, as Arthurian legend says, he didn't. I, I wondered too if she set it up for the king to be the one that mm -hmm. would ultimately because he would be the next in line. So I kind of wonder if that was her way of getting the king out of the way to have him take over. Could 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 well be. I mean that, that that's part of part of. Uh, but the fact that nobody does intervene or kind of step up is the kind of your point that that that, that you talk about. And so far as the word, there was maybe no need for all of this to happen. Yeah. Um, depending on a few choices, uh, but the Green Knight himself, Ralph Venison, um, who isn't the witch in the film we're going to watch tomorrow, very probably oh, as well. Yes. Oh, I didn't know yeah, the same he, actor. He's the dad. He's the dad and the witch. So, uh, and also out of the UK office as well. Um, he's he's wonderful in this, like face, prosthetic makeup or whatever the, the way they decided to do it. He uh, really commands a presence in this the whole time, and he is sort of seen as almost the the godly figure if you know what i mean because he's also ultimately going to be the arbiter of justice in this because of the deal and even mm -hmm. when we get to the end it kind of still gives him the choice of right what the choice is what kind of man are you you know who yeah. are you as a person you know and and what are you going to do about it that whole ending scene love <laughs> yeah there was another i have to look up his name but the 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 kid who or the young man who tells him to follow the river and they end up ambushing him yeah by Hugan. yes he's excellent he's in a sacred uh, killing of a sacred deer too yes killing yeah. a sacred deer he's in camel horses he's in he's even in suicide squad um hmm. or no sorry the batman sorry the batman he's in i watched oh. those two films back back he's at the very end of the batman although he's not told that there's him he's in eternals uh he's such a terrific actor because he he carries with him mystery mm -hmm. just by the way that he looks i think and he can kind of go one way or the other all the time but that that test that's been set up for for going to say you know you could help me out here and he yeah. could we all know he could have but he decides not to and uh 
not the first test. I think that's the first test that, that, that he ends up really feeling. Then he gets, we get a vision or a, an idea that it could all just end here, you know, with we'll that kind of flash away and then come back and then the, the bones or the skull mm. is just sitting there. So cool. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that was really neat. Um, and then the woman that he meets after that, um, I forget her name. Uh, um, uh, Mer- the girl with the, lost her head, basically. Yeah. Yeah. That was great too. Another great, like many story. Like, that they're almost like a, a short story collection. You know the way that they put it together of mm-hmm. kind of these little events. If you imagine this would make a, I think a pretty good TV series because he could have had each of his tests the whole way through, and each week would have been a different test. And but except, you know, he fails them all. So yeah. maybe not, <laughs> maybe not so great a TV series because each week you'll be deflated at the end of it. Um, yeah. Yeah, and do it, but but like the imagery or how they work with all of that kind of stuff in terms of telling, setting up the story, setting up the challenge that he has to pass. Then I'm actually going to do it. Him circumventing it for his own means, and then actually an alternative resolution is presented a lot of the times. You know, in terms of actually you've got the head, but oh here it is again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or here's the you were tied up. This is how it could have ended with the dead body and him just rotting away in the woods, etc. Yeah, it kind of it kind of felt like he had the choice just to lay there and die, or he but he made the choice to get up and continue. But yeah, that that whole sequence was great. Um, I was a little bit confused about the sash that mm. uh, what what that the significance because he's told that he can't be struck down while he's wearing it, and then at the end it's it's significant. But I I didn't quite understand that whole sequence in the bedroom with. So um, I missed that the first time as well. So that's okay. there's two of the two of the tests that are contained within Alicia Vikander's thing. There, one of the deals with the Earl of the house was that everything that he found in the hunt, he would give to Gawain, and everything that Gawain got during that period, he would give to the the Earl. Right. So while the Earl comes back and gives him back the fox, oh yeah, we'll find this out here. He should have returned the sash to him at that stage and says, "This is what I got." At this stage, this this in theory, by virtue of our our deal, is something that you should have. But because he's seen it as I need this to survive the ultimate test at the end, and so kept it for himself and didn't oh. declare it. Uh, and then also the chastity kind of uh, test that he had that he he failed miserably when Mister uh, <laughs> made a made a mess of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wasn't I I wasn't sure if that if that was part of what made the sash special, or if it was just that she had given it to him well, or if there was some, also, like a ritual. Is it not suggested that, that also came from his mum? There wasn't his mum doing the runes and then put the, made a sash or something like that earlier on. Could be the same thing. Could might not be. Um again, all of this stuff is mysteriously told. Like we've we've talked about quite a lot of these A24 films that have this kind of you could take it this way, you could take it this way. And we don't necessarily want to tell you which one's correct because that's what makes this interest, and that's what makes this um, rewatchable. Like a lot of these films, just watch oh, over yeah. and over and over and over again, and decide either I'm setting my path to say this is what happened, or I like that there's multiple avenues, depending on which day of the week that I find that I could go down that way or that way, and find which one feels most satisfying to you, the viewer, rather than just being one. I I did like the Giants too. That was a more of a very fantastical. Uh, if you if there was any doubt that it was a fantasy type of story mm-hmm, that sure. yeah so here here is one of the questions that comes up right obviously the 
I don't want to understand, but the, the, the common girl that he's running about with in Camelot or otherwise is played by Alicia Vikander, Essel, right? Mm-hmm. And the girl that he meets in the house is the same actress and the giants and all that kind of stuff. He is sort of an unreliable narrator here because it's obviously his story and his telling of the version of events that, that goes through here. So it does leave a question as to which bits are real, which bits are drug induced, mm. you know, which bits are there or whether it doesn't matter to him because they are all part of his journey and his story. You know, the fact that he blacks out and he wakes up, you know, not far from uh, where he's to go, but he's lost time. He's lost significant amount of time. Yeah. doing so um so there is that suggestion i think he ate the mushrooms right before that right yes, so it did. could have been hallucination yeah so uh, again another possibility but like you say a very um very cool sequence and also plays into kind of his place within the world as as far as power like he could be going back to king but there are other things in this world that are much more mysterious and powerful than he is he's just only really a pawn in the and, game and also like because they're the same it's the same actress so his he kind of it kind of feels like he took her for granted and i I wondered if it was because of her status in the hierarchy like she was she seemed more like a a normal everyday person she didn't have stature she didn't have any kind of status so i wondered if that was part of why he didn't take her very seriously he didn't want to commit to her he seemed more willing to engage i guess you can say with the other version of mm. the same character. So that, I wonder if, I don't know if there's anything to that or not. Yeah. I mean, one that was more in fitting with the way he perceived himself in his station in life, you know, where you came from, uh, where maybe we're meant to view it, that they're both actually the same person, but he responds to one and not the other one, just by how they dress, how they carry themselves, bearing them gifts. Whereas ironically, I thought Essel was the only person that really seen him for who he was beforehand, you know, and uh, back back home etc and it was interesting how they used that whole thing <laughs> towards the end of the, the movie and kind of said well if, if he goes down this path this is what happens to that person you know yeah and I, that's kind of reinforced what i thought of because she does in his vision he she does uh he does go back to her and she and she gives and they take the baby away and yeah, she's right. just she's still on the street and he's he's moved on to this other um this other woman um to rule the kingdom with so that that's why i thought he didn't he he didn't take her seriously because of her status but. yeah for, for sure uh but again the placement of her character both in both places i think is really interesting because it give it brings a, another point to contrast him throughout you know who he was when he left and who he is now to kind of say he's still the same asshole by the time he's even journeyed like nearly the, the full distance here you know he's still that person there is no no change in him and how he really perceives people and things as his property mm-hmm. and for him to make the judgment over. And, uh, and I also, I think this is very skillfully done. I never really wanted Gawain to be killed though. I didn't think he was ever worthy of being, you know, sometimes you can present an unlikable protagonist and kind of go, well, I don't really care about mm-hmm. actually what happens. It actually works the other way. We're always hoping for him to do better. We're always hoping for him to rise above it and actually learn what it is to be a man or learn what it is to be a, a functioning human being. So they may have the hope of being a good leader someday. And yeah, I think to that point, I don't think he comes off as having ill intentions. I think he he's mm-hmm. he seems just like a 
like a, I don't want to say weak character, but someone who he's uh, maybe on the wrong path, but he's he doesn't seem like he's out to he's out to do anything bad. He's just yeah. He finds himself in this situation and dealing with it the best he can, I guess. But well, it's, it's about, I've said this a lot on multiple forms. Like, this this judgment of under thirty year old men. We're often not very good forms of ourselves before a certain time <laughs> of our lives. Like, yeah. and if I was to pass judgment on a younger version of myself, I think I'd be very harsh on him. Uh, but I think that maturity doesn't come to much much later than in females, for instance. And mm. um, there seems to be. I think and it, it comes from a selfish point. It comes from a self-serving point. You know, he just, he wants to see what life can give him and how he can use uh, life and people and things and all of that kind of stuff to, to be a hero. I mean, he still sees himself as the hero. And mm -hmm. that's why he stepped forward at the start. You know, this is my place. This is my thing. I, you know, he, he shows no remorse in removing the head, for instance. Right. You know, it's it's almost like grandstanding at the start to say, oh, none of this will affect me. Uh, but it's only when he's faced properly with his mortality and the decisions that he's made that it certainly becomes, oh, who I am as a man. It's, it's that journey that and the decisions that he's made that ultimately saves him because without absolute stages and those things that he's done, hmm. maybe he never comes to that realization. Hmm. He does have that year, I guess, to enjoy the, enjoy the attention and the credit. Mm -hmm. um, but it seemed like people... The people there were congratulating him or thought he was a hero, but behind the scenes, they knew he was in for it. Yeah. Well, it was that there was that thing, isn't it, that Arthur says, you know, this is only just a game or something until the moment where he takes the head off, and then there's like a cut to Sean Harris's character, and you go, "Well, oh, you fucked it now." Yeah. Oh well, this is this is this is something else entirely. This is of of your making at this stage. Yeah. Kind of like you're on your own now. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, this didn't have to be like this. You know, if you'd have been, you know, mature is not the problem at that stage. I think it's just more of an, an intelligence reward of, of the consequence of your actions. You know, and that yeah. your actions do have consequence. Like his vanity, I thought. Yeah, vanity. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he wanted that. He wanted that attention. He wanted that. You know, I took the head of the Green Knight, but it didn't quite work out for him too well. <laughs> <laughs> no, it did not. That was so cool, the scene of the Green Knight riding out with his head in his hand, and that was neat. That was cool. Well, I always thought that was that was really unfair because the Green Knight is offering up his head and doing all that stuff, but it doesn't seem to really affect him at all, whereas obviously the person that was going to remove it was going to struggle a bit more with the loss of their head. So it wasn't exactly a fair exchange. No, but I think it was a test, right? <laughs> it, it was, was like, a test. It was, yeah, it was a yeah. test of what do you do in this situation? Um, yeah. How do you handle it? And to your point about age and, um, you know, his decision making, I think he could have just put his hand out and said, "Okay, well, let's," or nicked him on the arm, or I don't know, something. Yeah, could have done but, something else. Yeah. yeah. He well, he never even explored it. He was very, you know, very quick to go. Oh, uh, this is just what I'm going to do uh, because there maybe aren't any consequences or that I, that he can see. Mm -hmm. uh, or not so and the and the fox um the fox is trying to get him to turn around right yeah so the fox i think the fox is an interesting character because the foxes in in modern culture are seen as sly and manipulative but we don't get that from this fox necessarily mm -hmm. although i think the use of it 
kind of suggests maybe don't trust it all the time no just don't trust everything said but actually the, the foxes is there's almost like a guide for them to kind of say look let's navigate you and get you again get you to ask some of these questions of yourselves that you need to be asking yourself at this stage before you come to the ultimate final decision and and come come to do it you know do you need to go there do you need to go that far do you you know all of those things and even the fact that he goes away and comes back and sort of gives gives them this kind of thing of here's an anchor to hold yourself on uh, and put yourself through really interesting and then the fact that then it starts to speak and give them guidance and <laughs> yeah. from the change it's, it's cool anthropomorphized cool tries to tries to give him yeah guidance. tries to indeed yeah yeah um because if he didn't go see the green knight out would the green knight have come for him hmm. i haven't thought about that at all because if he just like stayed home like oh, i'm not going anywhere i'm just gonna what does well, it matter well I think ultimately we get to see actually that effect because even when he kind of shies away from him and, and, and we get the flash of what his life will be if he goes back, uh, I don't think it really matters whether the green, you know, that's what his life will be because essentially he will not have learned anything from the experience. He will be the same self selfish, uh, unloving person, untrusting person that he was and the life that he was going to have was was kind of mapped out for him in, in that way. Um, but that that have been a cool sequel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I guess also if he didn't go see the Green Knight out, then he would lose his status and be labeled a coward or whatever because he exactly. didn't go and hold up his end of the deal. So he was almost forced to go because the status that he did earn, he would lose and more if he didn't go. So it's kind of a lose-lose situation there. Indeed, yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, so so these five challenges that he goes through and, and fails monstrously, let's let's just say. Um I think one of the things that the the film could do better was detail actually that there were five challenges or there were five steps. I think that I think that's something that people who have read the the poems and the stories kind of latch on to very quickly, whereas I don't think we get a sense of that necessarily mm. um as the viewer of this film. Yeah. And I think if that had been very much more closely kind of said, a bit like, you know, the film Seven. Seven telegraphs the seven deadly scenes. Some of the crimes happen. You kind of, as soon as you see the scene or you see the test, it kind of creates this little moment of a game for you to kind of yeah. go, well, which one is this? And I think if we if we had had some of that as as a setup, you know, a, a conversation between Morgana, but maybe that lays down to the fact that it was her that put it in the, the play for him or put it in, in the motion and we don't want to maybe know that maybe it's a mm -hmm. fine line that the, our decision that had to be made to say look if people get that interested in it, they can find out about it later or rather than just kind of laying it on the line but it might have helped with some of that that slowness or or the fact that people didn't think there was much of an overarching plot if they had a creative milestones for people to follow rather than mm -hmm. this meandering path maybe it would have kept them a bit more but mm -hmm. i don't know we like the movie, so it, it, it worked for us anyway, so we probably didn't need it, you know? I wonder if they left the, the five tests as like a, a wink and a nod for the fans of the stories and or the poems. Yeah. Kind of like they would get it, but they, it can get it can get a little hairy when you, you have such a limit, when you want something with broad appeal and you focus in on a very select group of people and say, you'll get it, but the rest of everyone may not i think it's like a wink and a nod but is that the right 
choice to make when you, I mean, would it be just, you'll have five tests on your journey kind of thing and at least just mention it or, you know, imply but, it somewhere. Yeah. So, or even uh, like the green knight could have said it or, you yeah. know, somebody, somebody could have been, or he could have had a dream or somebody could have had a dream, you know, the or author could have had the dream or something. Uh, but the, uh, that is a good point about the fact that it, you leave breadcrumbs for people that, that know and engage with a literary source. And if you think about Game of Thrones, for instance, they only had limited screen time and people who had read the books were able to go in and say, oh, well, that character is this. And they didn't show this part, but actually he goes off from there to goes, does this, etc., And that mm. comes back around later. So it does give something for those people that, that know the material well, you know, that kind of bit to go, oh, I know more about this world. It was worth me investing my time in this story to then go and watch this adaptation and, and they go in every week going wonder what i'll see this week or yeah. they, they go in with something that they'll they'll be able to hang on and then be able to hold it over people that say oh but what you don't know yeah <laughs> is this thing but the people who haven't read it would be able to still enjoy it and still follow along but they just want to get the extra yes the, the extra, extra meaning of it, yeah. end of it and i i understood it so much more the second time that i watched mm. it uh before it kind of felt like I had the frustration, I think, more most of all the whole way through it, just going, ah, is he ever going to make it? And actually, when it comes to the end, and it does seem like he does turn back and he doesn't get it done, you're kind of going, oh, is that all it was for? Or otherwise, and then we get represented with the choice again. I, I kind of feel like the end of it uh, is very, like, contact. Hmm. You know, the Jodie Foster films, you know where she flashes yeah. through, has the whole experience, and she sees her life kind of, and then she drops at the bottom and then people say, oh, you just dropped through in five seconds. That kind of spoiler slip, maybe. Um, <laughs> the end of it kind of felt like that, that he got to live another life, you know, and, and kind of see the virtue of himself uh, and who he was at that time and then come back and actually say, no, I'm going to take the sash off. Uh, I'm going to lay it down and I'm going to accept the consequences of, of what I am. And in some ways, that be the better decision you know that life yeah. his life was going to be less important than, than whatever almost like cursed kind of felt like he would be cursed or he would have yeah. uh he would never outrun it never out out he would always have the shadow over him but he didn't do he didn't follow his he didn't hold a pin's head of the of the deal um so if he does get his head removed it's off screen and i don't think the green knight would say let's get hacking and then not take his head yep do you think he took his head so i i, I battled with us a couple of times going like what's it for then if it, if it if he removes his head or maybe he nicks him or you know does something else other than remove his head he's never going to be the person that he could have been if you know what i mean mm. he, he had to go through that that ultimate question at the end of saying you know who are you? What do you stand for? Have you learned nothing? Um, I kind of feel, I mean, it'd be cool if, if, if he took his head off and he was able to ride in through the gates with his horse with his head underneath his arm. I mean, it's another type of legend altogether, but I don't think that was likely to happen either. But I I do agree. It doesn't seem like the Green Knight's type, the type that's going to say, oh, but, aha, only joking. You know, he, he's, he's not that type of person either. So uh, that kind of that kind of bit that we don't see, hmm. I think, again, I, I do like films that have questions or they leave, let let 
do you have your own ending? The one that you like, just you put it in here. Uh, what's it like? Because I did wonder if it was a test for him. Would he say that he's ready and would he actually sit there and, okay, I'm ready. And is that all that he wanted to do? Is that just to send a message or would he actually, because if, okay, if the Green Knight kills him, I mean, no one really know. No one would ever really know that he no. made it, or no one would ever really give the Green Knight credit for it. No one. It would be a mystery. It's not like a spectacle. So I did wonder, is it? Did he? But again, it's just it's all left for us to. It's all left. But actually, in the context of the narrative that the director tried to tell, we did get a resolution to the narrative because all we wanted was Gwyn to be a better man. Like realistically, we didn't care about him becoming king. We didn't care about his legacy, having kids, looking after people. We just wanted him to make better choices, be a better man. And actually, that we get that ending, we get the resolution of that because you know he does make the choice. And ultimately, what he does with it is he's just in a much better place to do whatever he needs to at that stage. Maybe he's dead and it doesn't matter, but you know, ultimately he, he became that, that what we wanted of him as, as the beer. Yeah. Wow. That's uh, I, I, yeah, I liked it. It was good. I, I was surprised because I thought we'd have a shot of the green Knight like winding up and taking a, but I, I was kind of like, well, what, what happened? <laughs> but I, I like not having, and even if he does take his head, I like that it's off screen. Yeah, indeed. We don't need He's to see it. It's, it's that it's that thing we were talking about at the end of uh, Hereditary, for instance, where I said I, I didn't need that final shot. And I find that quite often a lot of movies when they kind of put it very much on, mm. you know, this is definitely what happened or this is definitely where we are. Often we just don't need it. And this is a very good example of where, you know, okay, we, we got the hero's journey. We, we got that part of it. That, and it wasn't the case that they were looking to write a sequel. You yeah, know, this is very much a, a singular piece. I think it's own right. I don't think we'll get a Green Knight two one because I don't think this did ever well enough uh, to mm -hmm. generate that kind of buzz. But um, it is very much a, an art housey style film that seem because it's Arthurian. People like Arthurian retellings yeah. in general. Like they they do that. They will be one of those things that comes around every. 10, 20 years, and people go, well, here's a new one. Um, but it's not an action film. And I, and I think that's where an awful lot of people get offside. You know, but some of this thing, they need more to be happening. They need more, they don't want philosophical, uh, personal character stories. They want magic. They want Merlin. They want, you know, the pulling of the sword out of the stone. They, they want yeah. all of that kind of stuff. And, and this, this doesn't deliver on that, but this is very much more of a, a movie for a 40 year old or something i don't know maybe that's that's <laughs> that's where the kind of bigger questions of life so if you were because you mentioned the box office I, mm -hmm. if you could guess worldwide what it made what would you guess 70 million <laughs> i'm i'm shocked at these numbers almost almost 19. Wow. Yeah. So here's the, here's the thing. And I actually, uh, you can Google it actually. The budget for this movie, what do you think the budget for this movie was? I was about to look that up. If I right. had to guess the budget, yeah. I haven't seen it. Yeah. If I had to guess the budget, 
I'd guess 70 million. 70 million, because it's a great looking movie. Look it up. I, I, I don't know this exact figure, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Mm, let's see. Well, I, I have a figure for you. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. It's 15. Really? Yeah. Now, for That's such it? a stunning looking film, yeah, that, this is the thing. It looks like it cost a lot of money. So it actually wow. turned a profit, not to the point like four million is not enough of a profit for anybody to kind of say, God, David Laurie's a, a box office home run. He'd always make his money. They're always looking to turn four or five times the money for that kind of investment. But this is also a film I think that will have a lot of legs throughout the rest of my lifetime. You know, people will come back and revisit the green. Now, that's one of the things that I always felt a bit of, but I, I was shocked. It was so low. I just knew that I'd had a pretty small budget, which like they must have spent that all that money on the giant scene alone. I would imagine costumes, um, the costumes effects for the green knight. Well, it can't be that much. The green knight, practical, he's practical effects. These practical effects, a lot of the scenes which would have helped it would have been, uh, you know, out in woodland spaces, so they didn't actually have to build a lot of sets. So, mm -hmm. I, um I think there are ways which you can see, but that just looks so beautiful. Like normally mm. films that are that beautiful cost a lot, a lot of money. And I, th I was very shocked. Like I, I, I didn't think it had only grossed 19 million, uh, but it was bought by Amazon. I think, I don't know where, if it's an Amazon in the US, but it's mm. very much an Amazon uh, release over here. And very soon after it came out of the cinema, it was, it was on Amazon prime or prime video. Um, I wonder when was it released? Was it during the pandemic? Uh, July 30th, 2021. So people are still hesitant to go. People yes, are still hesitant much. now to go. Um, so that I'm sure that didn't help. That it's yeah, not it, the. It was around the, that time because that's the reason I didn't see it in the cinema. I was very keen to see it in the cinema. And it obviously didn't do well enough to stick around for weeks and weeks and weeks in the cinema. So that was, that was no good. Um, but. Yeah, and it doesn't really have much of a physical movie release either. You know, there are some 4Ks I'm flying about. I keep on looking to see if I can get a good price of one. For instance, there's a lovely steelbook of it uh, that I keep on having my eye on. But it's, uh, I think one day David Laurie will make a film that people that will win an Oscar. For instance, I, yeah. I think I think he will do that. And as soon as that happens, his whole back, back catalog gets to explode because people will go back and revisit the ghost story they'll go back and revisit the green knight and go man this this is a high quality level of quality the whole way through his bit like bong bong joon ho as well when people went through and went parasite great movie go back through oh shit these are all great movies all mm. of them you know yeah i was uh it i can see why people wouldn't enjoy it mm -hmm. like i can't i do get why people think it's slow but when i think of slow i from, compared to what we've seen, I think like a ghost story. I mean, I think we mm -hmm. both like that one, but that's really slow. So when you compare it to, I guess it all depends on your perspective, I guess. But like the Black Coat's daughter is very slow that I just watched recently. Mm -hmm. Even the witch is kind of slow. The witch is really slow. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised the witch is as popular as it is because up until the last half an hour, it's just a bit creepy and a bit mm -hmm. of a 
abusive father. Well, we'll do that tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, there's not an awful lot happens in that either. Uh, mm. And I would say the same, Lighthouse wasn't very successful either. Robert Eggers, other ones. But the, the Northman, which is Robert Eggers' other film as well, again, not massively well received. Mm. And I do think there's this, to pull it back to A24, there is an avenue now for these filmmakers uh, to make, have creative freedom make and release these films without massive studio interference to the point that we get really good creative output out of these people and the best way they can because if they're going doing it through paramount or one or one of those other mgm these films are all getting changed mm-hmm. and i'm fine yeah. yeah the northman was very much by all accounts a product of that you know the film that he wanted to make the first one he made for a major studio he was not allowed to you know he had to he had to change it and he was very frustrated by all accounts so a24 hmm. being a a publisher that that gives people creative freedom especially you I've seen this they same filmmakers go to work for them all the time yeah yeah like Ar- ari aster came, yeah, seems like that's all he, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sophia oh. Coppola, you know, there's a lot of them that keep going back to work for them because they get the choice and the chances to make the films that they want to. And, and I can't remember where I heard it from. It must have been a director's commentary or something like that. But there's the idea when they give, you know, major studios give big directors, successful directors, like two or three film deals. What they're really doing, they're saying, right, okay, we're going to give this person more money, but we're going to give them a three film deal. The chances of them making a bad movie are the same as anybody else's, right? But the chances of them making three bad movies in a row is really slim. And one mm-hmm. of those three will take off and be worth the investment that comes into it. And I think that's that's why a lot of the big studios approach it, whereas the A24, like none of their stuff is massively big budget. Mm-hmm. But they support the people that work for them and they get good people interested in those projects because this has a great cast. Yeah, yeah. Great cast, yeah. It was. Um, I'm, I'm. I'd be curious to hear what they changed about the Northman. Uh, yes, indeed. I'm waiting for the new version of that to come out and see. Now, I like the Northman a lot. I seen it in the cinema. Uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I think it's more of a watchable story than even the Witch. Um, hmm. You know, in terms of cinema going, when you go buy your popcorn, what are you going to get? I think there's a certain type of person will go to see the Witch and go, "What WTF at the end." You know, how did yeah. this become about this kind of thing? Um, whereas the Northman, no, is very much more traditional. I would say Norse fantasy tale. Um, is there like a different version coming out? I think he was made to reshot the ending or, or that was truncated in, in a lot of ways. So it maybe oh. felt a bit rushed. I have to look up. There's a, it was floated around the time that it came out. And a lot of people saying, ah, oh, I, could, I could see where the changes were made. And I just went to see it kind of knowing nothing because that's what you want to do uh, yeah. sometimes. And I came out and went, no, I mean, uh, some of the criticisms that other people had about the film are things like Andy Taylor-Joy's cast and stuff, and that she doesn't fit with the period or the look of of, of the Norse people. But, uh, I mean, I have thoughts about that. Maybe we'll do a talk about that one day. Um, and we can, we can have a chat about that. But the, David Laurie, Robert Eggers, Ari Aster, these kind of filmmakers that make this super interesting period whether it's fantasy or horror or thriller whatever else they're doing always really visually interesting story interesting and have these kind of vague narratives that you can take away <laughs> what you want with you know yeah yeah um, i'm glad i yeah I, I was 
I was engaged the whole way, so I was surprised that it being a slow burn was one of the complaints. I was really surprised because I it is a slow burn, but not that slow. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it, it, yeah. it's just interesting the whole way for me. I just think there's always something happening, and I just. Uh, I think if anybody watched it and thought it was slow and were like, oh, I need to re re revisit it. One of the tips that I have for any people trying to get into slow cinema is, right, okay, so you think there's nothing happening here. What I would tell people is the easiest thing to do if you're a director is put the camera down in the spot and keep it stationary and just shoot what's shooting in front, what's right in front of you, and then cut, move the camera, do another scene, cut and do it. If ever the camera's moving or there's movement on the screen, it's such a deliberate choice. It's, yeah. it's it's way beyond what is easy or straightforward to do. And ask yourself, why is the camera moving at this stage? If you do that, the film doesn't become just a series of things to entertain you. It becomes you investing in going, well, why is he moving the camera here? Why is she yeah. moving the camera? What, what's happening here? And you get to see another level of storytelling in it that maybe you didn't see in first watch. And that's I think that's something to, to really take away from this because it happens in this all the time. Some yeah. of the camera moves, some of the camera angles, etc. Why is it look like a lot of the shots of the Green Knight towards the end are very much from Dev Patel's knees looking up towards him? You know, it's a very deliberate choice in terms of representing mm. the size and stature and kind of where he is in life at this stage. Oh yeah, yeah, I didn't catch that. Yeah, there's lots of things to to appreciate about slow burns, and like you said, you have to be deliberate when you do those kind of things. Yeah, like um. I've been trying to pay more attention to like shadows and framing and yeah. positions in the frame and things like that. So there's a lot of a lot of choices that are made in those moments that maybe that's part of it. But. Well, it is part of it, and it's also part of why people really gravitate to directors and auteurs as a as a, as a thing. You know, regardless of the quality of the story or whether it engage with, there are certain viewpoints and certain way things are shot and the way people approach it that people go, "I always want to see that person's viewpoint," because. Mm -hmm. Most people only make one film every two, three years. So when yeah. it comes out, it's an event, and you can go, "Oh, let me see that." We've we've got a Wes Anderson movie coming out here in a couple of weeks, mm. Asteroid City. Another one of those people that I just go, "I love watching the way he shoots and <laughs> frames and does all of that kind of stuff." And it doesn't matter; the film could be utter trash, but I get to see his <laughs> viewpoint of of the world. Yeah, definitely. No, it was a good one. Good stuff. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I'm glad yeah. you enjoyed it because uh, yeah. uh, this was the one when we looked at the, well, was that and Under the Silver Lake? I thought these are the two <laughs> that you could go, ooh, I don't like either of these. You know? But I thought once you liked the, the ghost story, I think I thought there was a good there was a good chance. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't call it too slow. I'm just not sure if I liked it or not. It was beautifully filmed and well acted. Just such a strange journey. Strange indeed. Indeed, yeah. And hello, thanks for coming <laughs> <Very> by. <laughs> but yeah, definitely strange. Um, yeah. But if you were to rate this one one to ten, what would you give it? I'm a very high rater in general. This is some, one of the reasons I stopped rating things. That my one to four didn't exist very much. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have this about eight, eight and a half. I'm about there too. Think about an eight. You know, just on my enjoyment level. Where I'd, you know, top end. Whereas where I would put it, it put it under that. I, I like putting things in order within the category. So if it was to rate Laurie's films, you know, even this and the ghost story, the ghost story is above it, right? Uh, very clearly. So, but it's not massively blew it either, you know? Yeah. But uh, but I think a ghost story is is spectacular film, definitely in the in the nine plus range, you know, for sure. Oh, so good. Yeah. Uh, a seven to eight, yeah? 
Yeah, it's pretty good written. Yeah, yeah, not bad at all. Well, cool. Oh, one more to go. <laughs> one more to go. I'm aware to watch it now. I'm aware to put it in the player. I'm going to watch the director's commentary of it, and uh, I've watched a lot of the other extras and all nice. that stuff of the edition that I have. Um, and yeah, looking forward to tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to it. It's it's nice to end on a high note on yeah, one that I know sure. for sure will be good and be good good discussion too. Yeah, it's, well, yeah. It's spoilers for tomorrow. The witch, yes. if you haven't seen it, just a great movie. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a fun, fun conversation. Looking forward to it for sure. But if uh, people want to connect with you, Chris, where can they find you? They can find me probably on your channel tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, talking, talking about the witch. Occasionally, you can find me on my own channel, but much less frequently. Uh, just a Chris Moen, M O H A M B my name, or you can find me on the page tune forms. Yeah. and find me on the forums as well anyone who wants to join we have one more to go and then we have more sounds like we have more planned already but we'll take a little break we'll well, so. way yeah, further down the line, line. Yeah. line but awesome well thanks again Chris and uh, thanks everyone for watching we'll see everyone tomorrow one more time